Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth, author, holistic wellness expert, and speaker, and creator of the Get Well Now and Eat Well Now coaching programs, helping people with chronic illness and persistent symptoms heal themselves with food and the power of the mind and heart. With nearly two decades of experience, I'm so thrilled to bring you some of the top names in health and wellness today in this podcast series. Luminaries like celebrity nutritionist J.J. Virgin on healing traumatic brain injuries, Dr. Pedram Shojai on blending the spiritual with living a practical daily life. Chris Wark from Crispy Cancer. Dr. Kim Duramo, best-selling author of the Mind Body Toolkit, and Wynne Claybaugh, author of Be Nice or Else, and owner of the Paul Mitchell Schools, and so many more. So please just take a moment to listen here on iTunes, and please leave a review for us. We'd love to hear from you, and also share this podcast with as many people as you think may benefit today. So for today's show, have you ever wished for more energy? I bet you have. Have you ever hit the wall in the afternoon and just secretly hoped for a nap? I know I have. (laughs) Do you wish you had more hours in the day to get it all done? Definitely. Well, then you're in the right place because my guest today is going to share with you how to get more energy and get more done in the same amount of hours. And go home happier after good day's work. She's a wellness coach, international fitness presenter, and a prior lecturer in kinesiology at Iowa State University. Building on a 30-year career, she's authored four books and currently hosts the Flipping 50 TV show and podcast. She is a triathlete. I always bow to triathletes because I don't even know how you guys do it. (laughs) (laughs) She currently swims in paperwork these days, runs her own business and rides rides the desk more than she exercises. (laughs) She's cracked the code on more energy in less time for thousands of private and corporate clients. And she's here to share her secrets with you. Um, and as we know today, uh, this podcast title is Eat More, Exercise Less. It's one of my favorite things that she, she says. <laughs> so we'll be talking about that for sure. So please give a hearty welcome to Deborah Atkinson, the founder of Being 50. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hey, I'm excited to talk to you as always. <laughs> and uh, see, just- as, you, as you could hear, we're all triathletes. <laughs> We are (laughs) writing the desk, swimming in paperwork. Yeah, who isn't doing that today? I'm going to meet them. Yeah, exactly. So, can you let listeners know what is flipping fifty? Flipping 50 is, well, it's open to self-interpretation. However, (laughs) my meaning, my meaning is that we're really flipping our attitude and our expectation for our second half of life. It's such a threshold. I think a lot of birthdays that end in zero are that, but 5 has a lot of significance for more of us who may not have felt the heavy weight of 30 or 40. 50 mm-hmm. is definitely, okay, you know, it's second half of the game here, you know, better pay attention. Yeah. And we really need to raise the glass ceiling on our expectations because our our generation we're it 
we're going to change things. We're not willing to settle for what we've seen in our parents or grandparents necessarily. Now, saying that, some of you may have great examples, but I know a lot of us feel as if, you know, we're 50 and, and that does feel like what we, you know, we see ourselves in the mirror, maybe surprised mm-hmm. because we think like we're 30 and, yeah. you know, and yeah. we really, for the most part, I think many of us still have the energy, but maybe, you know, we're not willing to settle for the little extra padding, you know, on the cushions here uh-huh. and there, or, you know, <laughs> yeah. around the middle. And we want to know what to do about that. So it's also from my fitness background, the exercise standpoint, it's, you know, learning to navigate exercise and nutrition in a mm-hmm. new way, not the way we did when we were in our 20s, 30s, or even 40s. But- yeah, because you just can't do it. Yeah. I, and I remember them saying that when I was in my 20s. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> Those things won't happen to me, blah, blah, blah. You know? So true. So, but, you um, know, we can, we can feel better. We can look as good. And I know a lot of my clients and subscribers will say they they actually feel better than they did when they were younger. I definitely do. (laughs) (laughs) So much better. Yeah. You know, for, you know, having uh, started eating uh, gluten-free, dairy-free, whole foods, no sugar, Mm. or very little, you know, here and there things happen. But um no processed foods, no food chemicals or additives, preservatives, colorings, all those things for, since I was 27, I'm, I turned 50 this year Wow! and I look in the mirror and I do not, like, it doesn't compute at all. And I got to tell people now, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, please, if you can, if you're in your twenties, start eating whole mm-hmm. real food now, it yep. will make your life so much better in the long run. I'm not, you know, creaky and and uh mm-hmm. complaining and in in and out of the doctor's offices in my 50s i was in my 20s right but i'm not now right um so i'm in much better shape than i was so i have a funny story to tell you about that just because you brought that uh-huh. up for you know for years i have wanted to write for the huffington post because i i think i kept mm-hmm. thinking oh i will have arrived you know when i do that uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> you know now that i'm there i'm like Okay, so what? So what now? <laughs> yeah, but the, it was the article that got me in was uh-huh. well, I sent it to Ariana, and it was what my fifty-something self would tell my thirty-something self, something to that effect, you know, uh-huh. in regard to fitness. And you know, the, it's so true. You know, if I'd have known what I know now, then what mm-hmm. so much of what I did I would have done differently so yeah it's funny that you you mentioned you know we can feel so much better it's just now we've got to do things a little bit differently than we did then they weren't really working then now they definitely wouldn't work for us but yeah can, can definitely feel as good and look as good yeah so basically your strategies they apply to men women mm-hmm. younger older Wherever you are, right? Okay, so what I want to I want to get into the meat of this is one of the things, and the title of this podcast again is "Eat More, Exercise Less," and people don't equate those two; they don't seem intuitive. Mm -hmm. Um, So, 
So t- tell us about this philosophy of yours. Well, let's start with the exercise less part, and then we'll come back to the flip side. So first of all, what we've done for years, especially this is gender related. So I'm going to throw out a stereotype that actually tends to be true. If you walk into a gym today, even still, even with Mm -hmm. the message that's changing, the women will be occupying the cardio machines and the men will be in the weight room. Right. We're trying to get smaller. They're trying to get bigger. (laughs) Right. With a few exceptions. With a few exceptions. So we've got to shout out to those women who are crossing the threshold and the guys too. But, you know, we tend to kind of work cardio and cardio and cardio. And I I honestly just heard this from someone who had told me a success story. And it was Mm -hmm. E who had lost 150 pounds. And he was talking about, you know, well, you know, there's no real need for weights. And, you know, initially anyway. And I I said, wait a minute. What did you just say? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I got to tell you, I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that's been an old way of thinking that you yeah. got to burn the calories and get the weight off first. And then you worry about the muscle later, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, total backward way of thinking. And actually, if you're listening and you have a few pounds to lose, if you have more than a few and you have, say, over 20, I would absolutely mm-hmm. start strength training first. Number one, because it's going to feel better to you than mm-hmm. cardio exercise does. Yeah. You'll have greater success. Now, doesn't lifting weights, doesn't it actually help you burn the calories faster that that's? Mm -hmm. So long term. So let's say like today, if you and I were going to walk into the gym together, Mm -hmm. we were going to decide, well, we've got 30 minutes. How should we spend it? You know, if we want to burn the most calories in 30 minutes, definitely jumping on a piece of cardio or doing some kind of cardio is going to burn the most calories for those Mm -hmm. 30 minutes from start to go. Well, at the end of the year, if every time we had the choice to make, we chose cardio and not weights, we would have kind of shot ourselves in the foot. Actually, strength training changes your lean muscle mass and boosts metabolism because it does that. If you have more metabolically active tissue, your fat is not metabolically active. It just sits there. It takes up space. But your muscle takes calories, takes energy, even at rest. So the more of it you have, the more, if you happen to be sitting, listening, um, well, I guess, hint, hint, get up and walk around anyway, but uh, you're burning more calories listening than if you don't lift weights. So at the end of the year, the strength training is what really changes your body, transforms you, as opposed okay. to just kind of, you know, your cardio will kind of say, okay, well, that was yesterday. What have you done for me lately? You're going to have to do it again. I see. Okay. Okay. So it's that cumulative effect where, you know, you see the before and after pictures of somebody or before, during and after of somebody who's been consistently lifting weights for the course over the course of a year and their bodies are completely different. The ones who really stick with it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a, so that's, that's really the key. It's a huge key. And for, Mm -hmm. you know, when you cross that threshold of 50, there's a, 
the importance of strength training increases, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. compared to when you were 20, we peak in muscle mass, males and females at about 25. So mm-hmm. we begin to really lose muscle mass much easier than we keep it or we gain it by about mm-hmm. age 30. And that's true, oh, okay. true of bones as well. So the longer we live in women, you're going to outlive men in most cases. So if we have that potential now to live to between 80 and 100 easily, mm-hmm. we want to live well. You know, we yeah. want to live doing the things we want to be doing independently. Exactly. And you need strength and lean muscle mass in order to do that. Yeah, okay. And you don't want to uh, live those last 10, 20 years mm. With a chronic illness degenerating your body slowly is a horrible way to go. And there's so many of people, you know, they have diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and, you know, it's it's, it's a battle. Um, But it doesn't have to be. I mean, so many of these things can be reversed, um, you know, with food, with exercise. And um, so let's talk a little bit about food, too. Now, when you are working with a client, um, uh, I know you combine all of the above, <laughs> so food, exercise. Um, what kind of uh, food regimen do you recommend with the exercise regimen? So I talk a lot about type and timing with clients. Mm. And, okay. you know, I'm not someone who adheres to or promotes paleo or vegan or vegetarianism or Mediterranean Mm -hmm. or DASH or, you know, any specific diet. I think our own biology tells Mm -hmm. us what we need. And I do think we're each different. So I think together with your beliefs about science or spiritual beliefs or, Mm -hmm. you know, your chemistry, um, we've got to listen to all of those. And I, I think as a professional, have to honor those. But I do teach more of a blueprint. So the philosophy of the elimination diet, I think, is probably not new to many of your listeners. And that's Mm -hmm. what I'll do is take someone through and say, let's not decide before, you know, we get into this. Let's actually test. Because if somebody shows up and they're seeking me, Mm -hmm. they aren't 100% satisfied with where they're at right now. They want change. So that's proof right there that let's determine what your body telling you and how is it responding or reacting to certain foods. And let's decide what we're going to do about that. So it may be that Mm -hmm. gut health is an issue needs to be healed. And maybe some of the problems they're having with food sensitivities clear themselves up. But it may be that long term they decide, I feel better, you know, leaving things like dairy and gluten and wheat, the bigger triggers out of their diet. And we just make sure we're not eliminating micronutrients in that process that we're, you know, making up for things so that, you know, it's not today necessarily, but it's 10 and 20 and 30 years from now, you know, what trouble might we be causing if we just totally eliminate foods without thinking what micronutrients am I eliminating also? Let's make up for those. So we approach it from that standpoint. But once we're doing that, it's about, you know, eating more, eating more fat, making sure we get adequate protein. And Uh surprisingly, the 
the impression in the United States has always been, oh, we we get plenty of protein. But the truth is, and especially so for women and women mm-hmm. over 50, even more so, we're not. We're not getting enough protein in order to keep, retain our muscles and even energy-wise. And protein from what source do you tend to recommend? From all sources, quality, mm-hmm. high-protein meals that come from ideally as wild as possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay. Right? The wilder, the better. The wilder, the better. Um, <laughs> and looking at, you know, not farmed, but obviously raised consciously animals. If you know your farmer and better yet, if you know your your dinner's name, even better because you know, you know how it was treated and mm-hmm. um, how it was raised, and all of that is really important. Much more so than I think we've ever given credit to in the past. Yeah. So knowing what you're eating. So again, it comes back to you know I don't make that choice for clients. I definitely share what I do just to let yeah. them know. Mm-hmm. And you know I do think the more plant-based protein source we can get into our diet. I think it's great. I think the controversy is still there over whether, Mm -hmm. you know, eating more animal protein is actually linked to certain diseases. Yeah. We don't know if it's that or if, you know, looking at those foods and looking at the people who eat them, Mm -hmm. you know, is a part of that. So are we looking at the yeah. health that already existed about the individual or about the food source or is it right. literally, you know, that we need to take that? And so I think the jury's out and I think you've got to yeah. know what works for you. And there is a lot of evidence that shows that um, how the food is farmed makes mm-hmm. a huge difference in how the body assimilates it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you've got food, the animals being fed the wrong food to begin with. Right. And so they're more likely to get sick or they may have, they may have been sick and you're eating a sick animal that happens a lot more than people can even imagine. Um, so then they've got the antibiotic residue. They may have hormones involved, GMOs involved, um, you know, because you are what you eat and so are the animals that you eat. So um, those things can definitely make a, a difference in, in, in your own body. And so I think a lot of people don't think of, think that through. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this will get some listeners to think about, um, okay, where did the food come from? How was it treated? And, and, and how is it going to work in my body? The other thing that came up when you were just now talking was the the thought of, of, um, um, there's certain, uh, cooking processes that they have linked to cancer, for instance, um, acrylamides so basically mm-hmm. charbroiled things so that connection with meat and um an illness is is a clear one um so it's you know how you you cook your meat stewed meats with lots of vegetables are probably one of the best ways to do it um but you know that's another piece. oh and the nitrites preservatives that they put in the meats yes um, in any cured meats mm-hmm. are also dangerous, especially long-term and people who are eating cold cuts every single day in mm. their sandwiches mm-hmm. and bacon for breakfast and all, you know, that's got nit- sodium nitrite in it. Uh, but you can get uncured meats. So that's the good news. Yes. And just being aware that these choices really matter. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they do. So speaking of these choices, you know, this is really what we're talking about is the core of your businesses are flips. <laughs> so, it's true. Yeah, exactly. So what are some flips that can make exercise feel better, give us more energy and keep us from getting sore or discouraged? Mm. Warm-ups and cool-downs are your mm-hmm. best friends. And okay. looking at that, that's so funny because, you know, I'm 50, closer to 53 every day now. And, <laughs> you know, as a fitness professional for over 34 years now, I have also skipped, you know, or shortened the war- the warm-up for sure and skipped mm-hmm. the cool-down. You know, I'll stretch later and hey, that does not happen. Let's just face it. <laughs> yeah, so stretch now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Totally. And here's your motivation. Yeah. So warming up properly mm-hmm. can actually do several things to you. So if you're someone who doesn't love exercise because it doesn't feel good, I mean, that's natural. We're pleasure creatures. We seek pleasure. Mm-hmm. We stay away from pain. So if it doesn't feel good, we're not going to repeat it. So you want to make it as comfortable as possible and easing into exercise definitely with a slower warm-up can make mm-hmm. it okay. be much more comfortable during. But for the rest of you, it's also the key to burning more fat when you exercise while you're oh, okay. in that main session. Because Energy expenditure and burning fat is all about oxygen consumption. So mm-hmm. you want to slowly start putting your foot on the gas pedal. It makes your car run more efficiently, right? So it does, right. does the same for you as well. You okay. just gradually start breathing a little harder. Your circulatory system starts delivering oxygen more to your working muscles. That's mm-hmm. a part of what keeps it more comfortable and You'll consume more oxygen than when you get to the real heart of the workout because it's there in the first place. Your body's not trying to play catch up and deliver it. It's actually mm-hmm. there already. So that's a huge help, you know, both in motivation, okay. but then risk reduction. So injury mm-hmm. happens when you're cold, you know, and you start to go hard to quickly or do too much too soon. So cutting down all of those things will make it more likely you'll want to repeat. And that's the real secret is more frequently exercising, you know, continuing to do it for maybe a little bit longer each time because it does Mm -hmm. feel comfortable. That's what makes the difference between someone who's, you know, trying to get fit and somebody who's there or somebody who's fit and really kind of going to the next level of fit. And then on the flip side, the cool down, don't skip Mm -hmm. it because, again, it's about comfort. You will reduce soreness Mm post-exercise if you've stretched really well after you're finished. And you will, if you do a proper cool down, start that recovery process even before you're finished with this workout. And the real key to increasing Mm -hmm. your fitness level is recovering so that you can do another high quality workout next time Uh with, with less or with more frequency, with less time between and um, all of those things just help you feel better and enjoy it more. Awesome. Say somebody has only 30 to 45 minutes Mm -hmm. to work out today. I totally um, get it. <laughs> yeah. Happens all the time, right? Yep. Um, 
So how much time would you spend in warm up, uh, higher intensity workout and then cool down? Great. So literally I, I promise I have my fingers raised like a girl scout only I wasn't cause you had to wear a dress. Um, <laughs> this is what I do typically. And sometimes it's less than this. It's only 20 minutes. So for me, okay. if I had 35 minutes, that would be a, like a luxury, a lot of days. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'd spend that time a little bit more in warm up, about seven minutes I'd spend in there if I had 35. So that's kind of gradually increasing if I were if I were on the treadmill. So everybody can probably relate to this a little bit. You know, I would start at a speed that was extremely comfortable. And after about a minute, I just play a game. So I raise the speed by two tenths of a mile. Not enough to be real stressful to my body, but enough that if I do that for seven minutes, now I'm getting close to my, you know, peak speed. So my body is much more ready and I've just kind of snuck up on it. So smart way to warm up. Then for the main set, I might do about 20 minutes and I'll do like a minute hard and a minute easy where I'll do 30 seconds hard and a minute recovery. And by hard, let's use a scale of one to 10 or zero zero to 10 is easier because you know which end is which, right? So (laughs) so what I'd like somebody to be at when they're at the end of that interval time, either 30 seconds or a minute is done really at a, a eight, nine or 10. And really ready for that recovery. So I don't want you to just decide I'm going to go a little harder for a minute and then I'm going to come back. I don't want it to be your choice anymore. I want you to be finished and Mm, needing that recovery. And then on that recovery time, you're actually going to come way down to say a three and be really comfortable so that at the end of your recovery, you're going to say, I am ready to go again. I can do that interval one more time. I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. Where people get mistaken with their intervals is, you know, we aren't used to being rewarded for Mm -hmm. recovery or for taking vacation time, right? (laughs) So people tend to think, well, I'm just, I can keep it a little higher. I can work a little harder. But in Mm -hmm. fact, what you want to do is you want to now think about driving your car again. So when you drive around town, you put your foot on the gas pedal, and then you put your foot on the brake. Start and stop. Start uses a lot of gas, right? So Mm -hmm. it's very inefficient. Well, that's how you want to exercise. We want to burn a lot of energy. We want to burn a lot of gas. We want to start and stop. Mm-hmm. So you really do want the highs of your high intensity to be high. And you want the lows to be the equal and opposite on the low side. So that it's really very comfortable when you're done with it. And not kind of gray and murky where they start to blur together and you can't really tell which is the interval and which is the recovery. Okay. <laughs> All right. Great. Well, that's good. That's a lot of wonderful detail. Um, do you have any other flips for us? I would make a flip that probably women need to hear more than men. And men mm-hmm. need to hear more about themselves maybe now if they're listening and they're, mm-hmm. say, over 40, as opposed to when they were in high school and in football practice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. They, they can't do that work anymore. Not ideally. 
is lift more effectively. And this is what exercise less is all about more Mm -hmm. effectively than just more. So you, Going heavier with strength training or at the very least going to fatigue. If you mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. joints that say shoulders or knees, potentially those are big ones that mm-hmm. you may have lived really well and you've had a little trauma and maybe not have as much cartilage or have some pain issues there, then yeah. you definitely can't and shouldn't go heavy. You should only go mm-hmm. as heavy as you can exercise pain free. But going to fatigue, is key. You've got to do enough repetitions to reach fatigue. Mm -hmm. So I love heavy weights for myself, for joints that can take it. And that Mm -hmm. means fatiguing at 10 or fewer repetitions is my definition of heavy and not mine, but looking at the National Strength and Conditioning Association or the American Mm -hmm. College of Sports Medicine's Bible of guidelines, that's really what heavy would be. And that's the Mm -hmm. most help for helping to burn fat, create lean tissue, and helping to build your bone density as well. Okay, wonderful. That's great. Um, Okay, so let's talk about timing of exercise and nutrition. Um, I mean, together they make a difference in effectiveness in your energy levels, don't they? They absolutely do. And they go hand in hand. So for the most of us, you know, I would say it doesn't matter if we're we're thin, um, Mm -hmm. you know, or we're lean or we've got a little extra cushion and padding. You know, most of us still are very concerned about wanting to maintain our lean tissue and lose body fat or keep body fat away. So let's just assume whether that's a good idea or not, that that's probably on all of our minds. So the key in timing for those people, especially who are getting closer to middle age and after, although it still applies early because we've all got stress. So to help, help balancing hormones, exercising more vigorously early in the day is actually a little bit better for helping to balance cortisol and then for several other hormones that help us sleep better, make sure we get our days, our days, and our nights, our nights. That's a huge help. So you would do things like those intervals in the morning. You would do things like the heavy weight training in the morning and you would do your, um, say, yoga or walking, Mm -hmm. relaxing kinds of exercises later in the day to kind of work with cortisol, rev yourself up early, calm yourself down later in the night. So that kind of timing helps. And then let's talk just a little bit about the timing of nutrition because this is really, this has flipped, science has flipped to this one. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about when do you eat afterward, As a a rule of thumb, if you're Mm -hmm. if you're exercising moderately to vigorously, so if you're not, I'm not talking to you so much because Mm -hmm. it's not quite as important, right? You don't have to refuel and worry about the breakdown if you haven't really taxed your muscles. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily need to worry about getting a snack right away or how you feel. Pay attention to your hunger, and it will tell you. But Mm -hmm. post moderate and vigorous exercise. Our muscles are a little less resilient as we approach midlife and after, 
And so it is important to get adequate calories and certainly adequate protein at the right time. The saying used to be, and I was guilty of saying this because it was true for the moment, was you have a 30-minute window to kind of your muscles are wide open, kind of like corn open waiting for rain, right? Right. You can't tell I'm from the Midwest, can you? (laughs) (laughs) But what's happening is it's your muscles are ready to put some carbohydrate back in, ready for the next workout, and you have energy for life as well. And that window closes after 30 minutes, so you can't do quite as much good. But what we've learned since is that if you're older, there is something like a blunting effect on your ability to synthesize protein for the use of your muscles. And it's in effect after like heavy strength training or after high intensity intervals for about 60 minutes. And then it lifts. So you're much better off if you can waiting for about 60 minutes and then between 60 and 90, having a high protein meal post-exercise is ideal for people trying to keep lean muscle or increase their lean muscle tissue. And you want about 30 grams of protein in that meal. So whether that's a smoothie or literally you're sitting down to something like fish or a chicken breast or something, that's about where the best in terms of timing occurs. Okay, great. Wow. That is uh, wonderful advice. Um, Wonderful. Okay. Yeah, you touched on something a minute ago that I think is really important to reiterate is that uh, with science is constantly advancing and, you know, people like you and I were fascinated by these studies and we want to know what the cutting, the leading edge is so that we can, you know, help other people with it. Um, but I think so many people get stuck in their heads from mm-hmm. a scientific study that was done 30, 40, 50 years ago and they think that's how it is for all time, you know, like sodium is bad for everyone and Recently, my doctor said, oh, please liberally salt everything. You have very low, low blood pressure and, and you need the salt. So, you know, things like that. So I like that you brought up that. Yeah. I, you know, I call that phenomena. I call that habit gravity. It's really mm. hard to lose it. Mm-hmm. it. And it's hard even if. And there's proof to this. Even if we have evidence that what we're doing now is not working, we will still default to those old ideas that, you know, Mm. it was information and it was the best we had at the time. And then it Mm kind of lodged itself as now I believe this. This is my belief. And, you know, it's really hard to let go of. And I think there's a part of that, you know, we always want to be right Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So that that made me think of one of my professors. Some point in time, said that um, never let your thoughts crystallize. You know, there's always there's always a um, more information to be discovered to come out to to be revealed and shared and and open your mind and keep it open so that you know Mm -hmm. you know become rock headed. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you have a personal favorite exercise? Oh, wow. Um, 
Yes, I do. So funny. In fact, I just met with a brand new client about an hour ago and and I tried this out on her and it's nothing fancy. So it's the lunge, everybody. It's like, oh, what is it? Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm a back to basics girl. And I, I think honestly, with overwhelm in terms of exercise and what should I be doing? And, um, you know, there is this thing I call variety for variety's sake. I think Mm -hmm. we're doing a lot of it in the fitness industry. You know, there are new Uh, props boys all the time. And, you know, sometimes they're great, but sometimes, you know, they're just like, okay, well, do we really need that? I mean, what were we doing to solve that problem before we had this? Can we still do that? <laughs> so, I, in fact, I used to be uh, the nemesis for my personal training staff because they'd come to me wanting this piece of equipment that cost $3,000. And I would say, really? How is that going to help you? What are you not doing now that I need to know about if you really need this so much? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... The lunge I love, and here's why. Mm -hmm. It's just the epitome of everything. So when Mm -hmm. you're lunging, you have one leg forward that is really working at strength. Mm -hmm. And the other one behind you is actually opening up in a mobile or flexibility way. So Mm -hmm. you kind of have in your body going on the yin and yang both. And you're in a balanced situation, one leg forward, one leg back. You're using mm-hmm. your core. I mean, there's nothing oh, okay. that's not working when you're in a balanced situation. And I'm I'm guessing that if you're listening and you have a knee issue, you may say, I can't do lunges. They hurt yeah, me. That's where I was going. I know. <laughs> a lot of people have that in their heads. I can't do them. But for almost everybody, there is a way that you can do lunges. It may not be the way that you've tried or the only way you've tried, but some people who can't do a, a you know, step forward and step back kind of lunge can do a, what I call a stationary lunge where you just have your feet apart and you come down and up in a mm, position okay. where you feel stable and much more safe because you know it doesn't hurt and mm, you can maintain mm-hmm. that position with the right depth. And for a lot of people, again, who are doing lunges or trying to and stepping forward, I never do those with clients or myself. I start standing up and I step Mm -hmm. backward doing rear lunges because Um, there's a lot less risk of injury to the knee. You're in good alignment when you start. All you're doing is keeping good alignment and then stepping to the back and forward again. Much safer. Yeah. All right. So that's definitely how you do it is what really matters. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, great. Um, Now, you have a lot of information and assistance for people out there on the web, um, including a show, your Flipping, Flipping 50 show. Can you tell listeners how to find that? Yes, absolutely. So mm-hmm. you can find it at flipping50, all spelled out, just the words, dot com. And you can go to the flipping50 TV tab and it will allow you to sign up. So it's gated, but it's gated for a great reason. So this week we have juicy coupons and discounts from people who've hosted us when we've done shows, an instant mm-hmm. pot or um, some 
great. It's called Skirt Sports. Um, some great <laughs> fitness gear so that you can look uh-huh. good now while you're on the path. So they've shared some coupons with us, and we don't we don't send you a lot of emails, but we share those special things with only subscribers. So go and okay. you can get all of season one's 13 episodes are up and we just released season two episode one we're calling it 14 just to make things easier to find went out sunday and then oh great this coming monday and coming up um we're doing one on back pain so specifically 80 percent of us suffer so if you've got some issues there great one to watch coming out mm-hmm. great okay excellent that's so nice. I love having instructional videos. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. Because, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, if you don't know how to do something, you don't know how to. So you go to experts like you and I to to find out, you know, just the, the basics. Yeah. And I think when you don't, uh, it, it, it just helps so much to have the visual. And, so um, agree. And, yeah. you know, the content for the show, this is how we decided. So rather than me arbitrarily saying, okay, here's the 10 topics I want to focus on in these first 10 shows. We actually, I took questions and let people apply and tell me their greatest challenge. And we went through and we selected the ones most frequently asked. So they are literally your questions. They're listeners' questions. And and then we're answering those most common questions so that they're really yours and you're really getting the answer. Awesome. That's great. Okay. And you have a quick cheat sheet on how to better your exercise without doing more exercise. Yes. Yes. So a good way to say, okay, what am I doing now? And what does Deborah say would be the ideal? So there's Uh kind of 10 quick things that you can do to improve what you're already doing. There's, Mm -hmm. uh, there's three exercises you can stop doing forever part of that old school of this is what I learned. This is how I know I should do it. No, you really, there's some, you can just drop off your list. (laughs) And there's a few lifestyle lifestyle habits that really help what the exercises you're doing. And in addition to that, we added a 14 day flip is what I call it. So short videos for 14 days that are, you know, 15 to 20 minute, like great energy breaks in the middle Mm -hmm. of the day or great for beginners. If you're just not in the habit at all and you feel like I don't have time, here you go. You've got time. Okay, great. And can you say that website again? Yes. So that's flipping 50 Dot com all spelled out and for the checklist that's forward slash exercise dash 550 <laughs> okay great um, wonderful wow thank you you've given so much great information today I'm really so happy to be putting this out into the world so yeah, so thanks. happy to be here it's I you know it's exciting it's I think it's an exciting mm-hmm. time to be 50 and over because we can make Mm. it anything we want it to be. Oh, that's really wonderfully put. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you again so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. Thanks listeners. You're welcome. Um, So if you have a chronic illness or persistent symptoms like a skin rash, migraines, cough, current and reoccurring infections, joint pain or other chronic pain, it could be something in your diet, in your environment, or in your emotional life that's making you and keeping you sick. 
my programs can help you find those things out and heal yourself in mind, body, and soul, much like I did for myself when I healed myself from irritable bowel syndrome, ulcers, migraines, chronic sinus, ear and throat infections, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, depression. And recently I had uh, brain and nervous system injuries from being struck by lightning. So I have a ton of resources to help you with this podcast series. Um, my private community on Facebook that you can ask to join. Anybody can join it. Um, it's called Get Well Now. I have podcasts, blogs, recipes, and resources to help you get well now. So remember that food can kill you or food can heal you. The choice is up to you. This is Dr. Meg Hayworth. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope this podcast has helped you get well now. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list, get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes, and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.